I'm Monique. And I'm Sierra. And you're listening to Hoochin' and Hollerin', a podcast where we do our favorite things, drink and talk. This week, we're diving into season two, episode two of Bridgerton. Um, we need to let you guys know that there will be spoilers. If you have not watched Bridgerton, do not sit here and listen to us go on about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there will also be some light swearing. So get used to it. At this point. In today's episode, Antony continues to try and get Edwina's attention, which is proving hard due to literally every man in the town going after her. And Kate, her sister, is also doing everything in her power to keep them apart. Things get more and more tense as Antony continues to scheme his way into Edwina and Kate's good graces, making some very grand gestures in the process. Eloise continues her search for Lady Whistledown, which leads her to a print shop in a not so nice part of town where she essentially verbally abuses one of the workers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Colin returns finally from abroad and the Featheringtons seem to be back in the good graces of the town. Nice. So that's all for our recap. So let's talk hooch. This week, guys, we're drinking something called a mint julep. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what else do you drink on Derby Day? This episode's called Off to the Races. So Off to the Races, Derby Day. That was our thinking. Yes. Um, today, Today's cocktail features mint leaves, um, <laughs> an ounce and a half of simple syrup, crushed ice, a splash of water, and two ounces of bourbon. Let me tell you, boy. Let me tell you, boy. <laughs> it is a shot. It's a shot. It's a shot of bourbon. Because you, if you don't put the water, if you don't put the splash of water in, it's a hundred percent a shot because it's literally alcohol, sugar, and a leaf, right? Yes, it's a shot of bourbon um, mm-hmm. that tastes like someone put toothpaste in it. Hmm. I feel like it's already a drink that is minty. That's like a bourbon. Well, yeah. Um, we were just talking about a Kentucky mule. It has mint and bourbon in it. So I feel like if I put ginger beer in this, it essentially would be a Kentucky mule. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I'm drinking the same thing, except for we're, we're in Wisconsin. We have a, I might say the whole Wisconsin. I'm going to say in Milwaukee, (laughs) we have a mint shortage. That's the only explanation. Not in all the grocery stores though. I went, Jeffrey went to a grocery store. It wasn't there. I had to go to a different grocery store. It, it was there, but there wasn't a lot. Okay. It wasn't a lot. Okay. So it is a shortage or maybe it's not mint season, but if it's mint in the winter, I'm like, what? No idea. But I don't know where mint come from, but I know we don't got none. A tree maybe? I don't, I don't want to sound stupid. <laughs> I'm not looking it up. I don't care that much. So um, um, I would probably not drink this again. I would put I would I would put a, a ginger. Need beer. a mixer. I'd put ginger beer in it. If it's one thing us Wisconsin girls love, it's a mixer. It's a ginger <laughs> beer. It's it's a little bubbles in our drink. So I was just about to say, every time we pick a drink, we say, "Well, you know what it needs? <laughs> it needs like a sprite or like a ninety <laughs> seven up." <laughs> you know what I put in mine? Squirt because every what I put in everything squirt. <laughs> Squirt makes everything better. Squirt makes literally every cocktail better. Also, we have an unlimited, this household is a squirt household. One thing we are never out of is Diet Coke and squirt. I have literally never known <laughs> anyone to just keep squirt out of hand. 
Like that's a staple in your household. <laughs> it is. It's on the grocery list. Amazon's like, did you forget the squirt? <laughs> Don't forget your squirt. <laughs> you are single-handedly keeping this company in business. You have to be. You seriously have to be. I'm, squirt's delicious. It is. It squirt is. tequila, squirt vodka, squirt bourbon. Mm-hmm. I've, had so, squirt, I've had squirt and a bourbon. That's good as fuck. Yep. That's what I'm drinking today. Simple syrup, squirt, and bourbon. And it's delicious. So yeah, um, that's the drink. You can check out the recipe on our Instagram page. Yep. Um, and now that we've talked about our drinks, we're going to dive into season two, episode two of Bridgerton. Yes. Okay. So the Sharmas are ready to start meeting the eligible men of the ton. Um, luckily, Kate has compiled a list that so happens to have every man in London except Anthony um I have a quote from okay the episode opens and it it's like a lady let's whistle down narrating like always mm-hmm. and it's Kate coming down the stairs and it says any suitors wishing to gain an audience in front of Miss Edwina Sharma must first tame the rather prickly spinster of a beast Jesus Christ otherwise known as the sister that's what Lady Whistledown said. She called her a prickly spinster of a beast. And I feel like they out of order. Now that Whistledown, we know who she is. I'm like, Penelope is off her fucking rocker she, talking about these people like this. She is. And I feel like she got cattier. This she's definitely cattier. And, and I'm I, starting to get frustrated with how people are treating her. Yeah. I mean, but dang, Kate didn't say nothing to you. Kate don't even know you. Kate don't even know you. She's been here three days. I'm like, y'all need, she needs to apologize to the Sharmas because all the Sharmas did was compliment her. Yep. And Edwina. Oh yeah. When she was like, nice dress, she was like, bitch. No, she was like, oh, but the colors are more overwhelming. Right. And she's like, no, I like the compliment. She was like, I gotta go. <laughs> she said, not self-deprecation. She's like, I gotta talk to somebody else. Okay, so anyway, um, Antony, they're keeping him out of the picture. Um, her reason, Kate's reason is simple. Antony isn't looking for love, and that's exactly what Edwina wants. But if you notice, it seems like Edwina's desires have really just been ingrained in her through Kate's teachings. Yeah, um, I noticed that on one of my rewatches. Like every yeah. time they were talking about Edwina and what she wanted, it was always Kate. Yeah. And, and Kate and would Edwina, be like, Edwina's just like, yeah. Kate's like, right, because we're looking for love. And Edwina's like, yes. That's why just, you know why? Or this is on the rewatch, you can really see all the times Kate, like, did her little I don't know it's a word for it. is that gaslighting or no that's not gaslighting I don't know it's like like what Edwina's doing is like not or Kate like what is she doing to Edwina it's almost like undermining like her manipulating so, I don't know. and un- yeah she's manipulating like, and undermining her yeah yeah she is and so all of that leads up and that's why she was so mad at her because I'm like okay Edwina let it go but no that's why she was because so she was like I've lived my whole life for your dreams yeah like I don't know who I am so so across town Antony is um spending his time thinking about the Sharmas however he spends the entire time talking about the wrong one (laughs) he he's so obviously obsessed with Kate 
like already, he just met her. Uh, he thinks it's simply his desire to best Kate at her own game and win in Weta's heart. Uh -huh. But Benedict and the rest of us can see through it. You don't get that worked up over someone unless you want to fuck them. Yeah. It's simple. <laughs> like you wouldn't be sitting here talking and talking and talking about her unless you wanted to get in them fucking britches. And he's trying to like be really clear about it. Like, uh, no, not Miss Sharma, not the sister. It's Edwina. Remember, said, I do. Miss Edwina will do. <laughs> like, calm down. Um, I know the rest of the eligible ladies in this season are pressed because why is every available man lined up down the hallway? Like, all of them. Every of man in town is at Lady Danbury's house. It's actually absurd. It's ridiculous. I'm like, dang, they they want a diamond. Like, but also, like, if you wanted to play it safe, talk to some other ladies. I would 100%. I'd be like, who the runner up? Let right. me talk to her. <laughs> like, if I see 20 man, men standing in line for one woman, that's not for me. I'm going not home. I'm not standing in this line. It's like a <laughs> carnival ride. It's not for me. I don't stand in lines, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, I got 20 men ahead of me. <laughs> the odds are against me. They up in there saying poems, exchanging pleasantries. Uh-uh. <laughs> I got stuff to do. Lena is eating that shit up. I know. So, uh, and of course, arrogant Anthony thought he could just stroll up to the front of the line. He was like, uh, I'm a Bridgerton. I'm a Viscount. What are y'all? Nobleman? Get out of here. Stroll is a very, like, it's a very uh, generous word because he literally storms. Everywhere every Anthony place. goes. He storms. He like walks like a fucking, he walks like an animal. Yes. He bursts into every room he ever goes into. <laughs> Why can't you just open the door like a normal person? Go back and watch the tape, listeners. Go back and watch. <laughs> watch every scene where Anthony enters. It's and ridiculous. tell me that man isn't pressed. So, um, yeah, he just wanted to get an audience with Edwina and Kate was not having it. Um, Kate quickly lets it be known that Edwina is booked and busy mm -hmm. and that he may have a chance to make an appointment with her in December if she's not already on her honeymoon. I'm like, this, it's spring. She said she might, have a, she might have an opening in December. It was just December. This is like e April. E this e is like e March, e April. Uh, Kate is actually eating this up. It is April. Kate is actually eating this up. She's having the time of her life. She loves putting Anthony in her in his place, and she also loves like she loves it even more because he is too much of a gentleman or whatever to like really argue with her. Yeah. So like she'll just like completely tear him apart, and he's just like, yeah, <laughs> okay. You know, about to you be arguing. All, you have to remember it's all about appearances with him. Yeah. So which to, she is, she does not care about what nobody got to say with her because. She said, she, India, we don't do it like this. She talks slick to everybody. Everybody. You know how fucking out of control you got to be to talk shit to Lady Danbury? <laughs> she was wrong. Because I'm like, I'm housing you. I send y'all right back home. Getting at, getting flippant with uh, Lady B? Yeah. Lady Bridgerton, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> so Penelope goes to, she goes to visit the Bridgertons where we find them doing what they do best, hanging in their living room, in the love drawing it. room. I love, love it. 
we cannot say enough how much we love when they hang out. That I love when they hang out. They just be chilling. They be lounging. Just all fucking eight of them just hanging out, chilling. I love it. Um, And again, Eloise is fixating on lady. Eloise need to go to school. They need to enroll her in university on the down low. Right. Is there nothing for her to do? She needs something else to do than obsess over Lady Whistledown. Like, let it go. Um, But it's less about finding her now and more. It's less about finding Lady Whistledown now, but hoping she begins to write about more serious things. Since she has the audience now and the platform, you know, we want her to start writing about some more important things. Eloise says, step your game up. Huh? Eloise says, step your game up. Yeah, I feel like Penn is getting bolder with sticking up to Eloise when she doesn't agree with her. Um, We feel like writing as Lady Whistledown and seeing the responses gotten from the tongue and the queen has given her more confidence. And like Penn is, you know, that's her work she's putting out there. So now Mm -hmm. she's getting like super defensive. At first she was kind of shy about it. Like, yeah. Now she's like, no, I know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. She, so, she was like, well, no one else had a problem with it. I didn't hear right. anybody. And I was like, that, to me, that seems like a dead giveaway. Like her being that defensive about it. She's like, well, you read it. Yeah. Like you seem to really care about Lady Whistledown, even though you never, I never see you reading it. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's what makes me, at the end, that's what makes me upset because I'm like, Eloise did have a right to be, you played in my face well that is her best friend she should have told her but at the same time Eloise and Penelope's relationship is very one-sided and strained Eloise never asks about Penn that's true Mo if you wrote something I would not be mad at you okay good to know (laughs) I've always already decided if I ever write anything it'll be under a pen name I won't tell anyone yeah I wouldn't be mad I'd be too embarrassed um we also are very just I think at this point over Eloise having all these fucking opinions but she literally does nothing she yeah. sits around and reads her little books and does nothing and I'm tired of it mm-hmm. I'm tired of it um luckily Eloise's rant is cut short because Colin is back um he's decided to surprise his family by returning from his world tour a little tanner and with a horribly patchy beard he looked better when he left. Like, I don't know what he thought this season was about, but why he came in looking like that. And Benedict is quick to be like, what is wrong with your face? <laughs> He's like, mm, you have something. One thing Benny going to do is tell the truth. He said that disgusting thing on your face was that. Hate it. I wrote down. He looked like a Jonas brother. <sighs> I said he looks like Kevin. I said Bridgerton family <laughs> breaks my heart. Colin comes back looking like a Joe bro. He looks like Kevin. Jonas. I'm like ill. He came he in the scene and I said ill out loud. And I know Monica. <laughs> I Monica know him. Monica loves baby face Bridgerton. Baby, he ain't baby face no more. <laughs> and he he looks like. A baby that's trying to look like an adult. <laughs> that's what the it looks like. Baby. <laughs> the boss baby. 
I fucking hate cowards. My favorite. Pen is the only one who wrote me back. No one was, everybody was so, ex- Colin act like a middle child. He acts like a middle child and that's why I can't stand his ass. Cause like, bro, get a hobby, get a life, get, get something. He's Stop like, oh, when I was in the South of France. No one cares. Literally no one will write him back. Like you gotta, you know how bad, how annoying you gotta be for somebody not he was like my family don't even care i'm back eloise is like he just prattles on <laughs> I, she, I couldn't keep writing him and eloise likes to read and write so if you don't want to read what you're saying yeah i'll pass hey colin <laughs> <laughs> i'll pass on that i'll pass i feel like what we know about the end of this season is coloring all my interpretations of his earlier scenes because i'm not a fan of colin anymore no I, I really not that, not that I really cared about him before, but now I'm like eat eat dick. I hate you. you're, you're rude. You're he's rude. meddlesome. Mm-hmm. He's he just, yeah. I don't. He, he wants to be involved. He wants to be involved so bad. Yeah, but like it's just like he seems out of place. Like in season one, when Anthony's going to duel, and mm-hmm. he comes into the office. And he's like, what's going on? And Why like, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> they're Why like, how stay out of it? He's like, but no. Please we leave called you in here. We called you in here just so you could just know. Don't ask no questions. No, you can't come. No, yes. like, <laughs> no one wants you involved. Aw, poor Colin. Oh, I don't care. I, I am very curious. I am very curious to see how they're going to play this. How, yeah, how is he going to redeem himself? I don't know, because I hate that man at this point. It's going to have to be some pining and some... There's going to have to be some turning point where he's like, oh, damn, I actually love Penelope, and I need her to be like, no. I need her to say no. I need her to say no. Because he treat You're just pen. He said, what? you don't count. She said, I'm a woman. You don't count. Boy, I slapped the fuck out of you. I'm I like, slapped the shit out of a man. If he looked me in my eyes and said that. If he was like, you don't count as a woman. You're just Monique. You must want your ass beat. <laughs> you about to get burned again at the stake. Listen, this is why I couldn't have lived in exiled. They would have hanged me. <laughs> they would have hanged me. They would have pushed me off the side of a boat. <laughs> into the Atlantic. That troublesome woman. <laughs> she kept getting into fist fights with the men. <laughs> Shouldn't have been talking shit. Shouldn't have been talking shit. Uh, so anyway. Penn and Colin, exchange, uh, they exchange a heated look. Uh, no doubt setting us up for some romantic moments throughout the season, gearing up for uh, season three. Um, which we've heard that will it will feature that couple story. Don't know how we feel about it yet. Um, I was really looking forward to like a Benedict and Eloise. Maybe they'll do like a combination. They have to do a combination, and they need to bring a new family in. Yeah, that's me. New, they're gonna have to. Well, I need. I I'm assuming whoever Benny's love interest will be will be. I hope she. We can't have a whole season of just white people. No, that's what I'm saying. They have to bring, I mean, Kate, 
Kate is going to be in the next. She's for sure going to be in the next time. I don't know if Edwina That's is true. though. But well, I don't Edwina, know Edwina will probably go to Prussia. That'll be a good way to write her write her out. Yeah. Oh, she's so pretty. I'll miss her. I know she's so pretty. <sighs> Gorgeous. I couldn't remember if she's from here or from the UK. Well, she had an accent. You can't hear accents. She has an accent. They were switching up their accent. I don't care. Nobody said they were switching up their accent throughout. I, or I think when they got mad, it changed. It like they were using a fake Indian accent, and it would sometimes slip back into their true British accent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was like because it was combination at one in the first couple episodes. It was strong. Then it kind of faded throughout. But then it would come back when they got mad, it came back. I'm like, oh, that's like when people talk and they get real hood when they get upset. <laughs> when you sound real country. See, told you. <laughs> that's exactly what I that's what I pictured it. Like, okay, you making me, you making my face slip <laughs> now. Code switch. <laughs> so okay, so Anthony comes barreling into the room to announce <laughs> that they're going to the royal races as a family and we mean barreling we're gonna keep talking about this yes because um, it's, it's absurd he stormed everybody's all happy colin's back talking to colin duh, 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 duh. and here come anthony ruining the whole mood and colin's like hey brother i'm back he's he like comes we're going in, to he comes in almost if you, I'm telling you, go back and watch these scenes. He's always like bent forward. Like he's trying to get momentum. Yeah. <laughs> he's an intense person. He's always intense. Uh, yeah. He never. Yeah. He's always just going in really fast. So he's like, all right. I love how he says we're going as a family united. United. He's like, all about to give me my diamond. Yeah, everybody get dressed immediately. <laughs> I'm so, like, okay, Viscount. Send the motherfucking funds. I need a new dress. No, I'm like, well, I'm gonna need a new dress then. <laughs> um, over at the Featheringtons, the ladies are getting used to having their cousin Jack around. Um, well, at least the the daughters, the Featherington girls are. Lady Featherington's kind of freaking out because she notices like all these changes as signs that soon she'll be cast out or replaced as head lady of the house, which is only confirmed later on when Jack tells her he plans on finding a wife. So that sucks for her. Mm-hmm. Um, the t- Oh, and so the time is off to the races. This is like not the climax of the um episode but like one of the bigger moments i guess like everyone in the town is there yep it's um, called the episode is called off to the races so yeah so we assume that this is kind of like what derby day is like in kentucky don't quote us on that because i we have no idea really what i, I just know it's about like big hats and all mint- i know is hats and mint jubilees no. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we know and horses they race them i guess I know Milwaukee every year has a Milwaukee Derby. Oh, do we? Yeah, we. it is one. I, I forgot who hosted, maybe like Iron Horse Hotel. It's like a fancy, huh. I don't know, white people go and they do the hats and it rains every single year. Well, every I, single year, it I'm rains. Say, it's always in yeah. spring. It yeah. always rains or it snows 
and it's cold and so everybody always want to wear cute spring stuff and it always is bad weather can't even do it you can't wear nothing cute until late may <laughs> june 20th don't get, don't get fooled by the fucking nice one-off weather on a saturday in mid-august in mid-April. on the fourth of july you may don your shorts <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah we think it's kind of like a derby day yeah yeah i think that's fair to say um the outfits the outfit oh, yeah. kate is hot i think the way she dresses just really highlights like how much she doesn't buy into this society stuff yeah because she like, she yeah. is only here for edwina and getting edwina a great marriage yes because why are you wearing emerald green she's always in velvet maroon it was maroon maybe it was maroon she wore and i'm like dark color nighttime color everybody else got on spring greens and blues and pinks and you got on midnight blue like you got on the darkest shade of jewel tone give me um black onyx (laughs) color do you have something that's like midnight black i see a morning i'm like why are you wearing this dark color at high noon i know i wonder if bridgerton house colors will change now <gasps> they can't change in all the promo of them as a married couple they're in dark green you can't not the bridgerton i'm, I'm getting uh emotional about this not the bridgerton blue they're getting rid of the bridgerton blue no kate can't come in there shake it stuff kate oh, bridgerton too- house about to be draped in velvet Man, she's too rigid. Her and Anthony or Anthony, they're rigid people. Man, that house about to be strict. No running. Gregory and uh Hyacinth is gonna it's be, about to uh, be quiet as a bitch that <laughs> So so yeah. Um Kate sets it up. So Edwina attends with this guy named Lumley. Love him. Super I thought he was so cute. So I loved Lumley I and I, the whole cute. time when we I, watched, we were like, she need to go back to Lumley. Like, where's yes. Lumley? Because he's cute. Him. He's amiable. Like, he's just this. Yeah. He, Maybe he, Lumley will come back with his family. I love him. He would have made a good pair. Yeah. Um, if, if Edwina would have given him the time of day. And he likes poetry, but he's kind of dull. But, you know, like, I mean, he was nice. I mean, he's not bringing the same razzle dazzle anthony burgerton's bringing that man he looks dangerous he looks like he's gonna bring some chaos to your life yes (laughs) lumley would have been a nice quiet man lumley they would have led a nice life a nice calm life and then kate could have bossed him around it would have been great (laughs) that's why kate wanted him to marry her he's like i mean this this is a man i can know edwina no 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 sorry i got him mixed up yeah lumley is for edwina edwina she's too she's too soft-spoken they would have been a quiet couple yes yeah you're right um but anyway and a man even comes to escort kate um which surprises everyone even kate so she she assumes she's like oh edwina's busy he's like i came to talk to you baby girl everyone looks like like, huh (laughs) and then here come anthony staring from afar go back to these scenes (laughs) And watch how this man is acting. In his high top. What is it? Top he, hat. <laughs> he's clear across the party. 
And he's looking dead at Kate like a fucking villain. <laughs> he looked like a villain. He looked they, like they a villain. They should never cut his sideburns off. Them the villainous sideburns. If they would have kept those sideburns. It would. This would have been his villain story. We said that if you go go back and listen to season one of Bridgerton, we said when Sienna broke up with him, that was yeah. his villain origin. That was when Sienna broke up with him, he was the like, he "I shall off. never marry for love." He, the way he stormed off, he turned from her door. I was like, "This man is unhinged. <laughs> this man is ready to murder." Oh my god. Um, so like we said, the whole Tons here, the Bridgerton boys run into Mondridge. With a velvet outfit on. We always look. I I don't care. I don't care what Mondridge wears. He can wear nothing for all I give a fuck. That man's fine. Big guy too. Like, why you got all this velvet on? He's so big wearing 12 layers and he looks good doing. Do yeah, he does. Um, so yeah, Anthony and Benny and Colin run into Mondridge, who is using the races as an opportunity to network and spread the word about his new gentleman's club that he's opening. Mm-hmm. Um, this, so this double date between Edwina and Kate is pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Um, Edwina and Lumley, I feel like they're barely talking. He mentions his poetry, but you can just tell she's kind of disinterested. Yeah. Um, and Kate keeps inserting herself into their thing instead of talking to Dorset. <laughs> Like she keeps on saying, like, right, Kate? Oh, that's great, Kate. <laughs> or uh, Edwina, Edwina, you, you like him? I'm like, you need a life. Yeah, she needs something to do. Um, it's no surprise that when Anthony pops up, he's able to completely push Lumley out of the picture so he can have Edwina all to himself. Bold. He, and he knows he has that power because he's the Viscount. Like, he's a bold man. Yeah, he is. Everybody's going to be like, all right, fine. And it doesn't help that Lumley is literally like, yes, sir. Hi. Yeah. Anything for you, Anthony. Can you, can my mom come over your house to have tea with Miss Bridgerton? Listen. Uh, So yeah, Lumley is, yeah, he, (laughs) he's, he's doing a lot and it's crazy. Um, Aunt walks up and he can't stand up quick enough he obviously really looks up to him and he wants to make a good impression that would have immediately if I was Edwina that would have immediately given me the ick I'd have been like oh don't like you yeah you're you're too eager to please this man yeah because who is he you don't even know him like that why you stand up so quickly right sit back down sit down you are embarrassing me (laughs) she's like okay okay (laughs) okay that's nice I'm like, okay, Edwina, like, let's have an opinion here. Right. Um, so Dorset, who is Kate's date yeah. escort, um, he apparently doesn't know. Uh, he acts like he doesn't know. Acts like he doesn't know Anthony. And if you watch this episode, you know that's a lie because men are conniving and always plotting. Hate them. Yeah. Um, so Anthony isn't even trying to pretend like he respects Lumley I feel like at this point he's like oh the girls look thirsty go get some lemonade Lumley (laughs) and Lumley because he is fucking obsessed with Bridgerton is like okay I'll go they do look parched Um, um, so like as soon as Lumley leaves Anthony takes his seat next to Edwina which pisses Kate off but there's nothing she can do she Uh just has to sit there she can't be too involved. She can't cause a scene. Right. Um, so whatever, they're doing that. We jump over to Penn. 
who's also at the races and she's trying to act like she didn't see Colin when literally all she is ever doing is looking for Colin. Oh my God. Like just she need to be stand in your truth. Mm-hmm. Stand in your truth. But none of that matters. Um, Cause what I really want to talk about is the yellow dresses. I'm tired of it. I hate the yellow foot down the yellow dress and red hair flashes it looks awful also what she needs to do do is write about her yellow dresses and lady whistle down because then her mother will never put her no one's gonna be wearing yellow because those that yellow dress any yellow dress she ever wears is atrocious it is and it's not a dress I wouldn't wear it, but her hair, and it's her hair too. Her wigs have been more like big and curly. I'm like, yeah, you and, look- and like her forehead isn't covered as much this season. Yeah. And they mentioned that. And I was watching some behind the scene, like how the hairstyles weren't as period accurate this season. Oh, they look um, the same because they probably were making them more modern. Yeah. I feel like she looked older. Kate's looked too modern. Like Kate's looked a little too modern. Her hair. Edwina's looked fine. Yeah. Kate's looked more like, I don't know. I feel like we you would wear like a matron. <coughs> very much look oh, like she was a matron at that point. Yeah. It's like a, a mother's <coughs> hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> like a church mother. <clears throat> uh Edwina's was cute. It was like spiral curly. I feel like that was fine, but yeah. I hate it. I did not like Pin's hair or her yellow dress. I'm like, this. She needs to put her foot down. She needs to wear some jewel tones. Look like a sultry woman in a in a burgundy <laughs> with her red hair. Some red lipstick. Yeah. Sexy. She you're right. She does look just like her mom in a lot of the scenes. She do. Um, but anyway, um back to the Sharmas. Edwina is obviously very smitten with Anthony because he's finally engaging in conversation, which again pisses Kate off. Um, at this point, she has to admit to herself that she's mostly mad that her sister is taking her man. Like, even if Edwina did go with this, like, with a list of her own grand and wait, and all these grand ideas, she likes him now. Uh, Kate needs to butt out and get a life. I feel like Edwina is purposefully ignoring your direction to stop talking to him. Yeah. So maybe stop pushing it. Yep. Like she obviously, she either doesn't care Mm -hmm. about the things you're telling her about him or She's doing it to spite you. Yep. So let it go and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I, I feel like if I was a Dwina, I'd be like, why do you care so much? <laughs> let me live my life, sister. Um, so Edwina and Anthony begin discussing who they, which horse they think is going to win the race. And of course, Kate has to insert herself. We really like Kate, but she yeah. also is very annoying. She's aggressive and annoying. Aggressive and annoying. And you know what? People describe me a lot like that. So I see. Maybe. If you were in the 1813 and not burned at the stake, I feel like you would be Kate. I feel like 
maybe I feel so strongly about her and she annoys me so much because I'm looking in a mirror <laughs> and I just want better for us. <laughs> Which is fair. Like we need, we need fighters. <clears throat> like we, we need those Shut strong up. women in the front. <laughs> I am not her. I'll be in the background. I've been Philippa. All right. I got my man, Mia Fitch. <laughs> Mia Fitch happily ever after. Small ceremony. Quiet. Yeah. <clears throat> so Join yeah. my husband. <laughs> Kate inserts herself into the conversation and Dorset is just like, what the fuck? She's like, you haven't really talked to me at all, but you keep fucking going at Anthony. Um, but like, like we said, Kate's not going to let Anthony have a second of peace. No oh. peace. Nope. Um, so like, I while I'm annoyed that Kate is inserting herself, I also really like this moment because Anthony's, Anthony's like, so I, yeah, I think this horse is going to win because he's well-bred and that's why he's going to win. And Kate's like, you're a fucking idiot. She's like, do you ever fucking think? Do you ever use your brain? She's like, have you checked the weather report? You goddamn idiot. She just like starts going in on him. Talking about all this horse logistics. <laughs> I'm like, dang, girl. Anthony's you know just like, horses. Anthony's like, I just like this horse. <laughs> and she's like, well, the velocity of the wind. She's like, and he gets tired. When she's like, you know, this horse weighs 12 stone, right? <laughs> you didn't take that into account. Did you even do any mathematics? He's like, I, everybody else. She's like, you just betting on them because everybody else betting on him. And Edwina's like, please save me from this hell. <laughs> she's like, I, she's like, don't judge me based on my sister. She's crazy. <laughs> Um, the race starts and Anthony and Kate are acting like donkeys. They are acting out of I just throw. They're screaming, yelling, and here Kate, Kate starts, ain't got no decorum. None. She starts whistling. I'm like, uh, be a lady, please. And I'm no lady, but Kate is out of like, I would not do this. Like she's whistling. With really, her fingers. I feel like that's just Like, really, did you take your gloves off? She, she did. Why are your gloves off? She just is so unladylike. Take your gloves off. So unladylike. Yuck. I couldn't believe And I'm like, this was, uh, this is y'all down home. Uh, it's, I'm like, how is she, how is she not causing a scandal with her behavior? I, and nobody's writing about her besides like that she's just the mean sister. Like, if, Daphne were to pull this off like if Daphne were to do that Daphne went and sat quietly at a boxing match and her mom was like what <laughs> she said you were where oh my god Kate's over here hooping and hollering I mean, that's our setting, girl setting bets with the men she's like <laughs> like girl really everybody was turning clasping their pearls like oh my prudence God. tries to like let out one little like squeal and her mom's like act like you have some fucking class she said stop shouting like the newsboy is <laughs> 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 oh, out of control and anthony is like eating it up he He's looks like, at her like that's my girl. Yeah, he's like marveling <laughs> at her. Like, you know what? I like a girl that like a good time, you know? He's like a party girl. Love it. <laughs> so Edwina and Dorset are basically forgotten. They 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 are odd. This is Anthony. They're like afterthoughts at this point. I yeah. feel bad for them. Yeah, well. Um, I mean, of course Kate's horse wins. 
because she's smarter and better than Antony in a lot of ways. Yep. Like she's better than him in many ways. Um, but instead of just letting her win, he's like, okay, well, she won that. Now I'm about to get under her skin by taking her sister to go see the horses. Still like that. <laughs> he's like, you might have won the battle, bitch, but I'm gonna win this war. <laughs> um oh yeah, at some point Lumley comes back with the lemonade and he's essentially a third wheel. He Anthony doesn't give him a seat back. He has to sit like on the other side. Like Anthony, it's plenty room. Anthony also takes Kate's lemonade. Yeah, I noticed that. This man is a fucking terrorist. Oh my gosh, he's a terrorist. He literally is like, I'm, I'm Anthony Bridgerton. He's like, what are you gonna do? I took your seat and I took your lemonade, and I'm I'm about to take your bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so whatever. I'm, and I also, I guess it has me thinking, like, what is the protocol of courting? I feel like this is not protocol. You can't this, just swoop in and take a. He's on a date with her. This is going against some of these season one. Oh yeah, values. They said fuck the social rules. They said because I'm like you know room alone, being the y'all are alone. really like y'all. I don't know. I it's very different, and I'm like it, I know things haven't changed that much in ten months. No, the only thing I could think of is because Kate was seen as so old, she didn't seem as like a potential match for him. That's why they yeah. were alone so many times. But like, it's like you age out where you can just go court on your own because nobody's. They were in the woods <coughs> alone. I, guess, were, yeah. I guess none of the men, the men wouldn't have said anything though. You know, I don't think they would have said anything. Yeah. They would have been know. like, oh, you have to like- get married. I just feel like it was such a close eye on Daphne, but then when it's Kate, it's like, whatever. She not from, probably because like she not, she is from, I mean, I don't know. She is from a different country. So maybe it's like. She's not uh, white. We won't get into it, but maybe, I don't know. Shonda, you let us know. <laughs> you're playing fast and loose with these uh, racial <laughs> lines here. I don't know what you're trying to tell us in what kind of reading between the lines I'm they got the, so they don't have the rules because I think Lady Danbury that. does mention that though like things are done differently in India yeah <clears throat> so maybe that's what it is I don't know because they it's nice she got some freedom to do what she wants she don't got to act like all these other yeah. people um so I wonder if a man wanted to court her, what would they, what are the avenues they would have to go through? Cause does she, do she get card dance cards or is she a chaperone at this point? I never noticed her with a dance card. She don't have any dance cards. Damn. So they said this bitch, oh, put her on I'm the like, side. can I get a card? They said put her with the mamas. That's you're crazy. a mama. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Oh, no. So, so anyway, uh, Dorset asks Kate why she's so obsessed with Anthony, and she uses the excuse that he, you know, you got to have thick skin to be mm-hmm. with her sister. That's why she needs to make sure he is the perfect match. But we all know it's because she can't focus on anyone else but him, um, even if he's remotely in her vicinity. Yeah. 
so Dorset lets slip the fact that he does in fact know Antony. He uses the excuse that he didn't want his association with Ant to get in the way of Kate giving him a chance, but Kate sees it as Ant using him to distract her so he could swoop in. Um, it's actually kind of unclear which is actually true at this point. I think I think we talked about it and because they go on a date later. Yeah, I think Ant put him up to it, but then <laughs> she just probably accepted. Or she did it to make Aunt jealous. Ah, uh, that's she likely. The, the date from Dorset <clears throat> to make Aunt jealous. I can see that. I can see that. Because Gate, that's the one where he fell in the pool, right? Yeah, in, in the, the lake. Water. Yeah. Is that um, are they engaged or are they not engaged at that point, Edwina? And I think they just got engaged. I know. I don't know. Can't remember. Anyway, Kate's mad as fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, We think one of her biggest fears, one of Kate's biggest fears is like being made to look a fool. And in in her mind, that's happened right now. They made her look like a fool. So like her reaction seems very over the top, but like if that's your biggest fear, Mm -hmm. I can understand why she acted that way. Me too. Um, We cut over to Eloise, who honestly, she's a good detective. <laughs> like that this this is pretty impressive she notices who would do this who would, who would do this she notices that some of the leaflet paper at the races is the same paper that lady whistledown is using and then she tracks it to <laughs> the specific print shop it came from yeah but that's very impressive for an 18 year old high society lady it is because she's like the weight <clears throat> the color how yeah. it how you put it up to the sun and you can see through it or you can't Nelsie's see he's like i feel like it's just paper <laughs> and obviously <laughs> she's trying to, she's obviously she's trying to cover her tracks but also i would have said the same thing like paper is paper who is noticing this and eloise why don't the queen got better detectives? <clears throat> eloise is a literal sherlock Holmes. yes yes um so when she gets back, so yeah, she, she tracked the um, leaflet back to the print shop because it's like yeah. a little logo on the bottom. Um, when she gets to the print shop, which is a not so great part of London, you know, like whatever, the slums or the whatever. Slums, they, I guess that's what like it that. is. I don't know People, they if they saw her there, they'd be like, what the fuck is going on? And it is very clear. First of all, did y'all have to do the, the ghetto part, like the ghetto like that? Y'all gonna put it on a dark light? It's sunny. <laughs> it's sunny in Bridgertonville. It is dark. It's like dark and gloomy. It does seem a little dim. It does it's seem like a little dim. It's a little muted. It's a little muted. Everybody wear gray. <laughs> Not a speck of color. I'm like, they all got color thread in the, in the ghetto. Like, dang. Can't afford the dye. Can't afford the dye. <laughs> Everybody got like, uh, you know how people be having like little dust on their face to signify that they work in a factory because they, they don't have, have smudges on their face. <laughs> I'm like, this is like, this look like Les Mis. This is Les Mis part of town. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so funny. I'm, I'm like fucking laughing because it's so dreary. I hate when we go there. Here <laughs> said, take me back to Mayfair. <laughs> I hate my I hate going over here. so <laughs> oh. 
So yeah, her footman tries to talk her into turning back, and she's like, no, and gave him some more little coins. And she said, take the rest of my money. Shut up. Right. She's like, we're ri- like, honestly, take this quarter. Cause I she you gave already- him one fucking piece. I don't even know what the coins signify then. <laughs> I don't know, but it was enough to get him to drive her across town. <laughs> you know what's funny? So the Bridgerton experience. So guys, we're going to the Bridgerton experience. Uh, we'll post on our Instagram about it. But uh, the Bridgerton experience, somebody asks like, oh, do you take cash? And they're like, oh, you know, like, although the coins are meaningful, whatever, something about the coins, uh, we don't take them. I was dying <laughs> laughing because it was like, yeah, you know, we try to be traditional. It's about the coins, but we can't, uh, card only. They said we so, take Visa and MasterCard. <laughs> don't bring that coin here, please. <laughs> we don't use tender. <laughs> so, so uh, Eloise she is kind of upset because she tried to pull his on the door. It's a lock on it. Um, yeah. No one's coming out. So she like hears a noise. So she finds one of the workers out back. Um, she's like not prepared with what to say. Yeah. She doesn't know what she's going to say. And she, so she found, so this is what she's saying to the worker. Um, and she literally just blurts out, what do you know about her? And he's like, that's the first thing she says. What, well, he's like, what? What? Who, what are you doing over here? Eloise first of all, he probably thought he was under arrest because here come a horse carriage. Uh, like, who is this lady in this fine clothing? Yeah. This pure white dress. Because I would have thought I was under arrest. I'm like, what are y'all doing over here? And for someone so smart, I just don't understand why she went about it that way. You know, she, she never met a man she liked. Yeah, maybe that's why she was so just like taken aback by his beauty. He was cute. He was cute. Um, so Eloise, she's flustered, and when she's flustered, she gets mean. Yeah. So the- I ain't gonna be mad because you you uncomfortable. You were Ill, you were ill prepared for this. Yeah. Um, the entirety of their interaction is just them dragging each other, like until he's just like here, in the hands of a pamphlet on women's like, rights. Since you like to read, he said, "You got a lot of opinions, bitch." You might want to. You might want to read this. It says women's rights, like right at the top, big. Yeah. And Eloise is like, "Hmm, <laughs> I would like to read that actually." Um. So yeah, I don't know. We don't know this man's name yet, but he looks like he's gonna be around for a while. So we, oh, we I guess we can talk about this now. Yeah. So we were talking earlier about like, you know, season three or Eloise's story and Benedict's story. So from what I've heard, Benedict's story is a Cinderella story. So mm-hmm. he, I guess, falls in love with someone who's like lower ranking or lower class or something like not royalty. Um, and then I think Eloise's story is just like a normal story. Like she just finds a man. Like enemies <clears throat> to love. Yeah. But so there's theories that they're going to switch their storylines and Eloise's is going to be the Cinderella story with maybe Theo okay the that's prince, fine because I'm not reading, I'm telling you right now I'm not reading no book past uh the Viscount who stole me whatever the book is called the Viscount who loved me I'm not reading no book past it I, I I'm I not interested I don't care in, in hearing about Eloise's sexual exploits you telling me every book I read gonna be about a Bridgerton having sex? I can't do it. I don't need 
It's don't need that. Gregory and Hyacinth. I can't. Oh do no! It. It's, it's eight books. I watched those children grow up. I'm not doing it. No, thank you. I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. No, thank no, you. No, 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 no. And somebody in the book group was like, <clears throat> she was like, you know what? I can only read so many enemies to lovers in a row. It was so funny because she was basically saying they were all the same book over and over, and they keep changing uh, the names. I'm like, I bet you should never read seven of them in a row. After the third one, you think she would have been like, okay, I get it. I get it. I would just try to just write novellas after that. Like, why am I writing four, three and 400 page books? Yeah, we didn't need a whole book about Gregory. First of all, the, the, the Duke and I, the post, what is it? The post, like, oh yeah, it's like 1.5 and like, yeah, I'm like, it was like a whole nother little like book. book. Yes. Okay, so yeah, but that was good. That was good. I like I like the Duke and I. It was good. I, we're gonna read Viscount. I heard that's better than the Duke and I, so I'm ex, I'm ex, uh, excited. You know I love the enemies to lovers. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Even more than I love fake dating, probably. So I'm definitely gonna read it. Um, fake dating is tough. Yeah, but so yeah, that's the theory that they're gonna switch their storyline. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, we cut over to the Featherington house and Philippa is finally married. I'm happy for Philippa. She don't bother no one. So um, she's able to get married to Mr. Finch after cousin, cousin Jack used a rather large ruby from his Georgia mines to pay for it. And my question is like, you could just use a gem and say here, like hand someone a rock <laughs> and be like, hey, that's the money. Like, how do you exchange that for actual money? I can't pay my rent with a gem. (laughs) That's what they're going to do. They're going to go to the, they got to go to the gold store. What is it? The little. Oh, I, I I guess they take it to like a, like a a golden coin. (laughs) What is it? We, uh, we sell gold. (laughs) We We buy gold. We buy gold. They gotta go to to the Regency's We Buy Gold store to get some. They gotta come and go to Six in Wisconsin to the We Buy Gold. <laughs> they gotta end this gold. You know where it's gonna be? Theo probably that's his second job working at the We Buy Gold. <laughs> Papers at night. We Buy Gold. And so that's what he used to pay it. Which I guess the Finches were like, "That's good enough for us. It's better than nothing." It was like, "Yeah, um, get the boy out this house." Yeah, it was. A small ceremony, um, probably because the Featheringtons aren't 100% back into good social standing since all their money has dried up. So, like, they couldn't have a big wedding also. And Philippa, they did not care. They really just wanted to be married. And that was so married. She was in love with him. They were in love. Mm-hmm. I have no issues with Philippa. She don't bother no one. Now, Prudence. The other one. Prudence is a She's a hating ass bitch. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yep, she, she is. Hating ass bitch. So... Over at the palace, oh, this is a look. The queen comes out in the a monochrome panic. All, I want to call it ice blue, but it's really periwinkle. Yeah. It's a monochromatic periwinkle look. Everything is the same color. And Ooh. I love it. I Ooh. love it. Um, so As the queen tells, yes. Ah. Oh. So the queen is hosting the Sharma sisters and Lady D. Um, Lady Mary is obviously 
uh, keep it a low profile so she doesn't mess up Edwina's prospect because the queen is not messing with her. At this point, she should have stayed in India. India. At this point, Lady Mary is so... Because you in the health all day anyway. She has nothing to do with this story. She doesn't help her daughter at all. And I don't know. I feel like, what's the point? I guess they just had to bring her in because they needed a mom. Whatever. Um, it's here we learn about Queen Charlotte's 15 fucking children. And she says it so quickly. She's like, oh, I'm having a hard time naming my zebras. She's like, yeah, I think after 15 kids, I could come up with a name. And I gasped. I gasped. I said, huh? And I immediately went to Google. That bitch has 15 kids. Goodness. Uh, but we'll talk about that more in yes. great, in great depth. Yeah, so make sure you pay attention because it might come up as a quiz on our Instagram story. Oh, I guarantee after we do this Hooch and Holler history lesson, you guys still won't know anything about them because there's so <laughs> much. You wouldn't think there was there would be so much written about 15 children, but there was. Um, more importantly, the queen wants Edwina to keep an eye out for any odd or overly no- nosy girls um, that come to chatter up. Yep. She's hoping, the queen's hoping, as Lady Danbury then accuses her shortly after of, um, she's hoping to use Edwina to weed out the real Lady Whistledown. She's doing a lot. You ain't got nothing to do you as queen. Up drama. As queen, you ain't got nothing to do. Take care of one of your, take one of your 15, 15 children. Ain't seen one of them. But we saw the nephew. Where are these kids at? At this point, at this point, they were all grown. But you got the nephew in here. Bring one of the kids. But maybe, maybe since she said that one of her kids will come and try to be the dime or like the that would really shake some shit up. But at this point, I think what's it's like 1813, 1814. At this point, they're all grown and like three or four of them, maybe five of them are dead. Yeah. This bitch stayed pregnant for like 20 years. It was crazy. It was really crazy. So Um, everyone's used. I, it dawned on me everyone is using Edwina Kate's using Edwina yeah. Mary Lady is in it she's inadvertently using Edwina because like Edwina has to marry well for her to have some money for her to have yeah the queen is Mar- uh, is using that's why Edwina. Edwina was so pissed yeah Anthony's using Edwina like they're all using her poor Edwina she don't deserve that she doesn't she 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 she's so, so nice she worked so hard to right. be the diamond she's she done everything so she's hard. supposed to do she's done everything she's supposed to do i hope she finds true love i think her and priest prince friedrich will be so cute together yes they would oh my um, god so her choosing edwina as her diamond wasn't to try to shake things up um or even because edwina deserved it what she did but because the sharmas are new to the ton so it'd be easy you know, easier to trust them and get them aligned with her mission to unmask Lady Whistledown. So that's really sad. Um, if you think Ant would be talking about his wonderful date with Miss Edwina Sharma, you'd be wrong. He's spending quality time with Benny and Colin talking about, you guessed it, Kathan. How do you say her name? Kathani? Kathani? Katani. 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 That's cute. That was cute. He said that at the last episode. I was like, oh, yes. I'm like, woo, we ain't heard her whole name this whole I, thing. I like couldn't breathe. I was like, not the full name. 
He said, bitch, I know you. Um, Anthony is so arrogant, it's almost laughable. Because not only is he constantly hanging on by a thread, he is mentally mm-hmm. hanging on by a thread, but everyone around him can also see that he's unhinged. But he really continues to push this, like, I'm a gentleman, I know my duties, I know my responsibilities, I always win in life because I'm so great. He is constantly pushing that while simultaneously everyone can see he is unwell. He's not good. He's unwell. Good. And you're not you're not hiding it well, sweetheart. <laughs> you're not hiding it well. Um, at this point, if we are anyone in Ant's life, we're gonna accuse him for only going after Edwina to get under Kate's skin because that's what it seems like. This is exactly what it it's like a, it's a game. It's very much a game right now. Because yeah. you barely talk about her, you only talk about getting around her sister. Yep. Um Oh, so we are getting to some really cringe-worthy shit here, guys. Mm-hmm. Some real embarrassing shit on the part of the men. The whole second-hand second embarrassment is bad. The, se- the whole second half of this episode is just second-hand embarrassment. For um, Anthony, Anthony decides after, you know, talking with Benedict and Colin that he's going to love bomb Edwina. He's like, I'm going to win. And you know how I'm going to win? I'm going to buy her a horse with cornrows. I don't even know this woman. Straight backs. See her, please. (laughs) (laughs) You were watching it. You were like, why? (laughs) Um, This man shows up to Lady Danbury's home with a horse. That's crazy. Simply because she mentioned it. It it She mentioned that it looked like a horse from when they were little. So Kate tries to get him to go away, but it's not long before Edwina comes down and is like, actually, I hate real horses. She's I like, I like tiny horses. animals. She's like, I like them tiny, like our little dog. And I was just, you know, I was talking about a horse from a book. Kate in this scene is so funny. She is. <laughs> if Anthony would have taken two seconds to actually get to know Edwina, he yeah. could have probably found that out. Yep. That it wasn't a real horse. Um, and again, this seems even funnier because the smirk, the look on Kate's face, she's like, you stupid bitch. She's like, <laughs> she's like, you don't even deserve my little sister. Um, also, it's funny because Kate is the one who actually loves right. horses and knows Why a lot about you? them. Okay, so Anthony was mixing up his information or he was, his conscience was saying, Get a horse, get a horse, get a horse, because he's really in love with Kate. Yeah, but- he's inadvertently buying gifts for the actual love of his life in an attempt to get with his sister. Yeah. Again, unhinged, unwell. This man is like the horses. Any- like she talked not- all that stuff about horses. So why would you get the little sister to horse? He he's like, you know, Kate spent the whole time talking about horses. Edwina probably wants a horse. Huh? <laughs> what? Don't buy her nothing. <sighs> it's just stupid. Anyway, uh, we peek on over to Mondrinch and he is really making a name for himself. Hey, that, that lounge is nice. Outside of boxing, he took his wife's advice and used the money that he won to create a comfortable life for them where he doesn't have to get beat up every single day of his life. Yep. So it was really the wife that did all the work. She always telling him to get back to work too. She was like, let's talk and more pouring these drinks, friends. Like, uh, these drinks ain't gonna pour themselves. Right. 
Oh my gosh. So while the Bridgerton men are regulars at a different local gentleman club, Benedict pays a visit to Mondrage and finds that the atmosphere is much more inclusive than other clubs. Like, uh, which is Mondra's whole, like, that's his whole, like, thing about, this is deal. Like, my club is inclusive. It doesn't matter your, like, status or anything like that. We have everybody in. Because you'll get different points of view, you can make connections. They can help uh, people who are low, you know, lower, I guess. Yeah, I think that probably was really important to him because he was able to- he's not a rich man. He was able to pull himself up by his bootstraps. And he was like, I want- I want people like me in my place. Yes. So, so while the, um, oh, so Kate, wait, one more thing about Mondra's club. Ah, I lost it. Oh, at the end, um, Benedict was there and he was like, man, you know what? It is so nice for you to make this club off because of, you're an honest man. With oh, some yeah. honest money, I was like, mm, like, <laughs> also, I'm like, he, if you don't know nothing, yes, to you, I am an honest man. I also just like want him to get over that guilt, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm like, you did what you had to do for your family for your family. So, if I take a deal here and there, you know. I want to pull myself up on my bootstraps. You told me to pull myself up on my bootstraps. I'm doing So, yeah. Um, Kate is making sure her thoughts on Antony are very clear across the way. Um, Lady D has decided to throw a soiree for Edwina. And and Antony's basically the only person who was not invited. How embarrassing. Right. She knows she wrong. That was... That's that foul, but I also I just fucking love it because Anthony is so used to be taken his way. He's yeah, he so got to get taken down a few pegs. Yes, yes. Um, Mama Bridgerton, she does not give a single solitary fuck. Nope. <laughs> if it's one thing Violet's gonna do is tell Anthony about herself. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, she knows the thing keeping him from getting with Edwina is his reluctance to fall in love. So she's like no wonder that beautiful amazing diamond doesn't want anything to do with you and her sister doesn't want anything to do with you because you're on that bullshit yep she's like you can go soak in your office we're about to go to this party they were like all chit-chat going downstairs he's like uh-uh where y'all going she wasn't even checking for him and they kept turning around like what she said, have like, a nice night you idiot wow um, it's actually almost lucky that Anthony wasn't invited because this party is literally so cringeworthy it's hard to watch it is actually it's hard to watch it's like this super intimate room dim lighting like uh it's just a couch and you have to perform in front of the couch it is all women you have to like be vulnerable which good because you know what? These women are learning dances and second languages and piano forte and all this stuff. To second, impress- third, fourth languages. Eight yeah. different instruments. To impress these men, it's time for a change. They can get up here mm-hmm. and, and put on a, some type of show. Mm-hmm. And they still do, you know, they still clap and they like, oh, I love, if you please go back and watch the scene and watch Lady Danbury face the whole time. It is hilarious. Um, 
it's Lady- actually so it's hilarious. So She's like, this is horrible. She's like, oh, 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 oh okay. Because these people, these men are like doing a whole tap dances. She's like, don't fuck up my house. Right. Like you're about to kick this girl in the face. Like, I'm like, back that couch up. They need some more room. <laughs> That was my first observation. Back the couch up. Um, in that but, tiny ass room, y'all supposed to be reading poems. Yeah, <laughs> I know. She so she told the men it's a poetry reading, and of course, they their need to one up each other led them into turning it turned into a talent show. You got singers, you got people spinning plates, waving batons, hula hoop. I. I'm trying to figure out what this man with this string, he had a coin, like a coin with a hole in it on a piece of string. And that was the dumbest. I'm like, I'm supposed to be impressed. I'm looking at this like, what's this talent? What is this? And then what even this talent. It's so funny because even uh Eloise said something. She's like, Well, well, this is different. Like something she said. If you watch I'm- Eloise, she's barely clapping. She's like hitting the side of her arm. <laughs> I'm like, this girl, she hates men and I love it. Yes. Yeah, so. um, Lady Danbury thankfully cuts the talent show short and we're given a moment of reprieve from the shit show that this party And that's after the string flipping. She said, let's take a pause. She said enough. Um, Penelope's there and yeah. she has the chance to make friends with sweet ass Edwina. Um, but she cuts it short to go talk to Colin, which Ridiculous. is a huge mistake. You could have had a new friend. Could have had a new friend, but you worried about this man who's not even looking at you. So, because not two minutes into their conversation, does he go back on his rant about how he found himself during his travels by giving up on love and women? What? He made this whole long speech about, you know, who I found. And she's like, oh, who's it going to be? It's going to be me. No, he was like, I found myself. I'm like, you get your ass off my face yeah uh and you're probably thinking that pen is going to take the hint nope she has the boldest to point out that she is in fact a woman and colin was like no you don't count i'm like pen you are so deep in the friend zone i don't know how you getting out of this i point. don't know how shonda is gonna have penelope claw her way out of the friend zone she is i don't deep. i almost don't want it i want them to just stay friends because yeah, sometimes you gotta story. learn. That's not a story I want to tell my kids. Yeah. Oh, your your dad wasn't checking for me for years, and then one day we got together. After years, he dated many women as I pined for him. And then he finally looked at me like, you know what? Yeah, this- you know, you know what though? That's kind of that's kind of my story. <laughs> but the other way around, I don't want women pining. Right. right. That's sick. <laughs> that's sick. Only men should be pining. Yes, I agree. Like, imagine your crush looks you in the eye and tells you that you're no different than a piece of furniture, essentially. Like, you you don't count. I don't count you as a woman. I don't see you as a woman. That's ridiculous. You, you have no bearing on my I think life. that comment would have broke me. I would have been like, enough. It's time for me to move on. It's time for me to move on. On. imagine them looking you in the eye and saying they've never even thought about you you were a non-factor or at least play the game of okay i can try to make him jealous to see if he comes around you got one that's your last ditch effort it's just tough 
Yeah. Um. So anyway, we can't leave Edwina Swarwood without bringing up the fact that cousin Jack is courting crusty ass Cressida. Oh. He gave her a fat ass ruby necklace. Somebody staying on payroll. They love keep the the Cowpers in the picture. Love um, it. I and I, I thought about this now. I mean, obviously we've seen the whole the whole season. This should have been the biggest red flag about him. Cause don't nobody like Cressida. I know. Don't nobody like, like Cressida. I'm like, you could tell he knew he courting on the wrong people. <laughs> Back at Modric's, uh, Anthony comes storming in once again to find Benny. Uh, we can't say this enough. Rewatch the episode and look at Anthony entering a room. Somebody, I need you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find a TikTok on it because I know somebody already made it. They had. I'm gonna just look for it. They already made everything. So. <laughs> No need for all the content's been made, guys, which is great because there's no need for me to do it. It (laughs) Take too long, and these people are faster and got more time. Um, he comes into any situation as if he's come to share the news that someone has been murdered, it's out of control, everything is so uh urgent. Yes, and Benny's like, I'm talking, he said, later. (laughs) He's like, like, I I am your brother, and my name is Anthony. And I'm the Viscount. You're and talking it, just, it turns out he just needs him to help him with a fucking poem. <laughs> I, I, I would have been so pissed if I was Benedict. Benedict um, is so easygoing. He's just like, okay. He's like, I gotta go talk to my big bro. Yeah. <laughs> so Anthony needs Benedict to help him learn how to read a poem so he can woo Edwina. He's gonna crash the party. Yep. Um, and Benedict's like, bro, you don't have no passion. <laughs> He's like, you ain't got no soul. You picked a bad poem. <laughs> he was like, ain't this what everybody reading? No. He said, I write better poetry than this man. The fuck? Here come Artsy Benedict. Right. He's a poet and an artist. Look at that. Anthony is trying really hard to be someone he's not in order to win. Mm-hmm. Not Edwina's love or affection, but just to win her to spite Kate. Right. He's so, made that very clear. He's like, I'm going to win. I don't give a fuck what Kate's on. I'm getting... The diamond, right? Mm-hmm. He barely ever, like, I feel like sometimes he doesn't even say Edwina. He says the diamond, the diamond, the diamond. Yeah, I don't hear her name much at all. He's willing to do something he's never been caught dead doing, which is reading a poem. He thinks it's very stupid. He's going to do it just so he can win. I mean, his honesty is impressive. But also, I need him to calm down. Yes take several breaths um mo loves this scene with benedict because she thinks it's a hot scene she likes when men you don't think that poem you came up with was passionate i think it was <laughs> in that time it was passionate it was fine i don't want a man writing me a poem but i want to watch other men reading poems to their loved one if someone if a man came up to me and read a poem i would literally slap him in the face we went went through somebody who was reading a poem we went through this and we talk we talk about somebody reading a poem to somebody in every season i don't know what was it every season we talk about somebody reading a poem to somebody in every season i don't like it (laughs) seriously yeah girls don't do it don't do it (laughs) 
<laughs> I you show your love a different way, please. This is fine. It's fine. It was fine. It just he, was very, it was very it impressive. It was a good poem. It was impressive to me that he yeah. came up with that beautifully written piece of writing, a beautiful poem on the spot like that. He did not come up. He had that in his back pocket. He was waiting on somebody to ask. He was using it on the ladies. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I once heard this thing. I burned for you. Uh, it was a." <laughs> but anyway, it was a deep, beautiful poem. Um, on the spot, allegedly, but you know, the ear is not buying it. <laughs> Who just... he, read, he read that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> How would we know? Autumn books was all the many. <laughs> um, so Anthony promptly plagiarizes poem. He, so back at Lady D's, the men are showing off again. Lumley, see, Lumley can read me a poem. Dad, he's so cute. I was listening to his poem. He was I'm doing like, it so what? well. Poetry is not so bad. He was doing it so well, and he looked so cute while he was I doing know. it. I was I like him a lot, but you know, call us lovely. <laughs> time for ants poem. Oh yeah, ants comes in and again interrupts Lumley. Yes, he's like, oh, I, 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 I gotta read my poem. <laughs> um, so Ant begins reading his, aka Benny's poem, but he's unable to continue after looking at the disappointed faces of his mother and lady danbury he also looks over at kate and he's like oh, okay so he admits that he plagiarized the poem which i thought was very bold I it was just, i would have just played it through i would have played it through i would have went with i'm like this was a bridgerton original i'm not telling you who i i found him him doing that to be very out of character for him yeah um but because he does that we get possibly the greatest monologue, in my opinion, of the whole season. It was very good. So we're going to quote it here for you. Okay. Miss Edwina, I could stand here and pretend to be someone I am not. I could pretend to be, I could pretend to want the very same things as you, but I'd be lying. I may not be able to offer the display of passion that you truly deserve, but I assure you that when it comes to action and duty, I shall never be found lacking. Never. I hope that is what will speak louder than any pretty words ever can. He said, you know what? I may not love you, but I will take care of you and you will be well off. That's he what I got. The action. He said, I, I, I do stuff. Yeah. He said, I'm not about to be just talking to you. Yeah. Like duty, honor, responsibility. Yep. He was like, I fight for you. He said, those Household things. Take care of. He said, you ain't got to worry about it. Pretty dresses. Yep. Luncheons. And, and you know what? If I was Edwina, I'm like, you know what? This is love enough. That He's a nice man. He's good looking. Yeah. I'm like, this see, this checks enough boxes. I like his family. Like, this I, I can fall boxes. in love with him. I can fall in love with him. I just love a man of action. Mm -hmm. Acts of service is my love language. Me so too. when he said this, I was like, that is the epitome of a man. Mm -hmm. he's like I got it don't worry that about it I'm not gonna waste my breath I'm just gonna do a man this a is man. a dime a dozen a man no wonder he had two women fighting 
several listen. women the whole time. Listen. Um, so uh, can- and oh. Edwina really eats that shit right on up. She's like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like, what all these other guys? Uh uh-uh, uh, this is the one. She said, This is your party, Anthony. I would have been like, I don't care what my sister said. I can't blame her. I probably would have been so mad at my sister. I would have married him just a spider. <laughs> I feel like at this point, Edwina's still talking to him despite Kate. Cause she's like, Can you mind your business? Yeah. Keep trying to tell me what to do. Everybody hate Kate. Um, so Kate tries to drive a wedge further between Edwina and Anthony, but it's not working. So she obviously begins spiraling badly. Yeah, she's she she makes going through it. She makes a scene in this party. Um, we have no doubt that Kate is some small way is acting like this because she wants what's best for Edwina. But at this point, it's obvious that you really just want to keep them apart because you can't fathom living your life being in love with your sister's husband Mm. for all eternity. Mm. It's giving Angelica and Eliza. Yep. Although in Hamilton, Eliza didn't really do it. She helped. She was like, go ahead and marry Eliza. <laughs> right. She was like, I, I, it'll be fine. She said, I'm sure it'll be fine. And Jennifer was like, well, I can't have you because I'm the oldest. Like, I cannot have you. But you well, can at least, at least I can see you from now every now at and least, again. At least I keep sick, your eyes. Just sick in its own way. Which at is- least I keep your eyes in my life really that's yours but that's your sister's husband she was like closer then that's okay i got my eye on him that's sick we can write letter yeah she shouldn't have been writing that man talk about and then turn around and call him brother like i guess i guess kate i guess kate is handling this better than angelica did kate's like no you gotta get away from me (laughs) she said you have to go away she's like you cannot do this um so kate storms off from the party causing a scene and lady danbury um you know being the kind and generous mentor that she is you know tries to talk some sense into kate you know yep. tries, to, tries to get her to see reason yeah kate has the audacity to point out that lady d seems more than happy to be alone and 80 and lady d is like i have lived she's like i have lived i have loved i have lost like i've li-. and i'm like lady danbury is old she has I feel like her- she like completely glossed over that like you think yeah. that lady danbury just had this no she built and i'm so excited for the prequel because because mm-hmm. lady danbury young lady danbury is in it so we get to see like how she built um and who she married and all of that stuff i too. can't wait and how her and charlotte queen charlotte became yeah friends and I stuff can't wait yeah i'm, I'm excited um, and it's already filming so we'll get we'll probably get oh, that nice. before yeah they started filming already so we'll probably even get that before season three of bridgerton no season three films in the summer so uh no maybe that was the prequel that films in the yeah the prequel film now because i, I don't think like nicola i feel like nicola the one the girl who plays penelope said they were already filming for season three uh, they got some announcements to make. We need something. I need some uh new families. I want to see some new faces. Y'all do this every season. Some new faces, and yeah. I need more uh Canthony. Uh, yeah. TikToks. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, Kate is trying to skip like twenty steps ahead to get where Dan Danbury is, and it's mm-hmm. just simply not going to work for her. She's like, right. you don't get to just skip over all the hard parts and get the end result. 
Okay, so our episode ends with Penelope attempting to revisit the print shop because she wants to try and cover her tracks. Yep. Eloise is hot on her fucking trail, so she's like, I gotta cover my tracks. Um, but however, while she's down there, she runs into Madame Delacroix. Remember we mentioned, you know, this isn't a very good part of town and mm-hmm. her being down there is rather shocking. Um, so that's gonna cause some issues because if lady, if Madame Delacroix goes blabbering, um, it's gonna cause some issues for the Featheringtons and they can't afford any more scandal. No. <laughs> so. None. Um, but she may have bigger problems on her hand. The queen has a list of subjects and two of them happen to be Penelope and Eloise. So oh no. they're getting closer. Oh no. So yeah, so that's our episode. Yeah. Um, I feel like not much happened. Not much happened. But the races was fun. And yeah. next episode is so good. Three is the best. Three is one of the best episodes. I at this the- point in season three, in season one, we were damn near at a wedding. They were they were together. Was yeah, we were at a duel. Was that three or four? That was the duel. First of all, season one, episode one, so much, so much happened. That's a bulk of oh. the like that was in episode one. Like yeah. So Thank much happened. This, this, this so season is so much more spread out. And you yes. don't really get Even to though the, it's still only eight episodes. You don't get to the resolution. Like they the couple doesn't get together to the last episode. Whereas in season one, they were together fake almost from the start. Fake together so, almost from the start. And even really, they really got together before it was halfway through the season. Yeah. So I wonder had they had this all cleared up and had two episodes with them being together that would have been a lot for them to be together fall out and do the third act get back together thing the third but act maybe they, but maybe they didn't need to do that because it took they, so long for them to get together yeah maybe they don't need to yeah i feel like they wouldn't have had to do a third act break i guess they could have swapped it them getting together and then the last two episodes be more featherington and everybody else heavy yeah we're just focusing on kate and anthony I just needed more Kate and Anthony. I think that's why I, I like didn't know. always a lot of drama in the last episode. Yeah. You got the feathering. There's a lot thing. of cliffhangers in the in the last episode. Lots yeah. of shit's gonna happen in season three. Yeah. So um each episode we're going to be talking about what we think about what we think the overarching theme was. Um the theme for today's episode is Miss Andrew. My favorite word. And you know how I say it, Miss. I, I pronounce it as M I S S Andre. Miss Andre. First time hearing that word today. I'm a so, Miss Andress. I can be a Miss. I, <laughs> I can participate in Miss Andre uh, activities. Please stop calling him Miss Andre. <laughs> it's not like you're saying someone's name. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, okay, so the theme isn't really Miss Andre, but you, you just love it when women make men feel so dumb like who yeah. doesn't love that it's my favorite it's my favorite thing to do <laughs> so first we have complete kate completely tearing antony apart at the races proving that she is much smarter and logical than him he tries to act so goddamn you know like he's so witty and mm-hmm. always makes the best decisions and that's why he's so great at life but every interaction he has with her leaves her him flustered 
Yep. Um, so I just love that. Miss Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have Eloise versus Theo. Um, they honestly are pretty well matched in terms of wit, but it's so great to see Eloise using her skills on someone other than her siblings for once, because she already knows she's at an advantage with them because they just don't read and, you know, they don't read as much as her and they don't have the same values as her. So it's, it's good to see her finally fighting with somebody on her level. Yeah. Um, I, we feel like it really proves that Eloise can hold her own. Um, the back and forth between her and Theo was entertaining to watch and we cannot wait to see more of them this season. I hope that that theory is true and they end up like at least having a lot, like a little bit more in the next season. Um, so, oh, also perhaps the cringiest thing to happen in this episode is when Anthony love bombs Edwina by buying her a horse. Right. Um, he a hundred percent deserved the verbal beatdown Kate gave him for that. And even though Edwina was nice about it, we still give her props for standing her ground and being like, no, I don't actually want this horse. No. And I just, I love the scene because Anthony is so embarrassed. He is. And as he should be, because don't show up to my fucking house with a horse. You barely know me. And you're buying me. Horses are not cheap. No. You bought a horse and brought it to our house. How am I going to get this back? Where am I putting this horse? Where am I putting this horse? This isn't even my house. <laughs> so I'll be riding back with it. <laughs> uh, Anthony deserved every ounce of embarrassment that caused him. It was yeah. hard to watch, it but was. only a little bit. Um, and finally, we have the misandrous dream. We- uh, watching men make fool of themselves in hopes of getting the tiniest speck of attention from a woman. Love it. Uh, this is that Lady Danbury soiree. Watching those men completely lose their crap and take a simple poetry reading and turn it into a talent show is unhinged. And the ladies of the ton loved every minute of it because they got to see them. It's like payback. So I'm happy that Lady Danbury came up with the idea. And even Eloise was like, this is great. Lady Danbury has to be a misandrist because only a misandrist would come up with that. Fuck it. She's like, all the right. men are going to get in front of us and give a presentation. Yes. And in the dead silence. Hilarious. And we're all going to judge them. I love that. Love it. Okay. So now it's time to share our favorite scenes from season two, episode two of Bridgerton. Um, my favorite scenes were the little subtle. So Mo always talks about subtle, a little Im- intimacies, but I love the sibling intimacies like between the Bridgerton brothers. They went fencing and just them like sparring with each other was very cute, but also like, even when Anthony like bested his brothers because he was he was kind of upset and he bested um, Benedict, he still helped him. Not only helped him up, he helped him up, then hugged him. And Benedict wasn't oh. even expecting it. Like, that was cute. That was Benedict's cute. Eyes kind of got wide, like oh, yeah. he hugged him, and then he went to go hug Colin. And I was like, that, that was is cute. So it's like yeah, I'm hard on you guys. Like yeah, I like complain and stuff, but I like literally love you guys. That was so sweet. That so was, was cute. Like, I love that moment. And then the poem, like he, Anthony is aggressive and he's a little gruff at times, 
but he like you know he really needed benedict's help like he was like you know what who i can ask my brother swallowed his pride yeah he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna ask my brother and guess what his brother did help him gave him a poem he said so i i love the little intimacies between the brothers and then it's a later on it's like a gregory and um it's a gregory and uh Anthony scene which is super cute too but it's like it really shows how he's the father figure so it's like they yeah. he needs to make sure he does those things because he is the father figure so oh, yeah like even him in hyacinth when right he called her down to dance he raised her yep so <laughs> it's really- oh my god these later episodes i'm gonna be so wrecked yeah because they're just so sad when i watch episode two it automatically goes into episode three i'm like it ain't no credits no title pay it literally they say content 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 like they start talking i'm like dang i can't even get up and turn it off so it's sad next episode sad um i had i couldn't really pick yeah basically every point (laughs) <laughs> where the women are completely eviscerating the men those are uh-huh. my favorite parts so first off you know Eloise and Theo I thought the di- the dialogue was just so sharp and you could was tell they, yeah you could tell they both were having so much fun just being complete asses to each other I loved it um and like you mentioned earlier like just seeing Eloise interact with someone that she believes might be like matched to her you know I thought was really cool. Um, also, Footman John's face the entire time is priceless. He wants to crack up, but obviously he has to be professional. Um, I think him and Eloise are just close because she, he, he, she's always taking him on some fucking adventure. <laughs> she's like, drive me across town. We got to go save Lady Whistledown. He's like, sure. Well, hopefully, maybe, I mean, maybe that theory is right. Maybe Theo's going to break her heart or something. And John's Maybe it'll be a love triangle. Ooh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I like love triangles, but in the same breath, I don't like when the other one person is embarrassed. Like yeah. I like when it works out where the other person finds some somebody else. I don't yeah, I don't know what's gonna end up happening with Eloise's story, but I hope Theo's in it. Cause he's we funny. In the dark with this. They don't I'm I'm convinced they don't know. We ain't got we ain't have not got a lick of information. No. Um, so then the other scene I really liked was when Kate tears Anthony down during the race I thought that was hilarious like I thought it was hilarious she's like do you even think do you even use your mind um I think both these scenes just have really quick and cutting dialogue and I love that our Bridgerton girlies are putting these men in their places because at the heart of it I'm Sandra's at the heart of it I want to make men feel bad about themselves so this was a good episode for me (laughs) Um, so each episode we're going to share our choice for incomparable. Um, this is the character who impressed us the most or overall stole the show. And this episode is episode incomparable is going to be Eloise. Yeah, um, I think she really, um, had a good episode. We mentioned episode. earlier, we mentioned earlier, you know, her detective skills, yeah. like she, she has really no resources. She's just coming up with this stuff by pure observation and like dedication. Yep. So she's very. And she's smart. very much on the right track. Yes, she is very she, smart. She damn near caught Lady Whistledown last season. Just too, just too late. 
So um, good job, Eloise. Um, also, yeah. I think her, you know, her thing with Theo, obviously they get more into their relationship in the later episodes, but I thought it was a really strong start for them. Yeah. Um, even though, she, I mean, she kind of fumbled in the beginning, I think, obviously, the scene was one of my favorite scenes of the episode. So, um, she definitely is holding her own. Even though I still find her very annoying, I think she deserved it. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Each episode, we are going to talk a little bit about what life was like in the 19th century London. So top off your drinks and get ready for a little chat about Queen Charlotte and King George III, 15 children. I can tell you, I don't need to top off my drink because it's still full. Yeah. I, I, I can't drink it. I can't drink it. I can't yeah. drink it. It tastes like toilet water. And also we're recording this and it's 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. So. I don't need, I don't need a bourbon water. Yeah. <laughs> don't need that. Um. Okay, guys. Yeah, seriously, buckle in for this because they had 15 kids, so it's going to take a long time to get through all of them. So Queen Charlotte was just 17 years old when she met and married King George III, who was 22 at the time. Um, less than a year after they get married, they have their first child in 1762. These dates are going to mean nothing. A long time ago, <laughs> a long time ago they had this their first kid. Um. And just like sort of putting it in reference, that's 11 years before. So they have their first child 11 years before the events in Bridgerton are happening. So she was having kids for a long ass fucking time. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to just sort of list off the little babies and some of their accomplishments. None of them were very accomplished. <laughs> None of them were very accomplished. And there, also, there also was a lot of incest. So buckle in. They gotta mm -hmm. keep that line pure. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why their hairlines be like that now. Yeah. Yeah, this is all like the These, are, these are all Prince Harry and Prince William's cousins and, and great great aunts. Uh, <laughs> Disgusting. It's no. gross. Uh, okay, so Queen Charlotte, her first born, George, the Prince of Wales would later become King George the Fourth. Yep. Okay. He apparently had an illegal marriage at the age of 23, which was later annulled so he can marry his cousin as a way of paying <laughs> his immense debts down. Yeah. The royal family loves a cousin marriage. Let me tell Truly. you. Um, the marriage produced one child, Princess Charlotte Augusta. Yep. Augusta of Wales who would later die in childbirth so this child dying caused a lot of other shit to happen with the other kids later on okay it gets very it gets very wild it I fell down a really long rabbit hole today <laughs> also I always, anything with the royals I always feel that because it's just it's always crazy like the story is always crazy it's always crazy and I think I think it's because they're all related yeah. <laughs> It's so sick. Um, so their son, George, he later became king in 1820, you know, after the death of his father. Man, this um, is sounding familiar. He becomes king in 1820. Um, by then he's divorced his wife and she wasn't even allowed at his coronation because she was cheating on him. 
Yeah. Um, so he died 10 years later. He was only king for 10 years. And he died at 68. That's so crazy. I feel like that's kind of old for the time period. Right. But this uh this is this is overlapping what we talked about season one when we talked about, I don't know, one of these people. Oh, probably just been when we were talking about the queen backstory. Yeah, probably. Um, so uh next was their son prince friedrich duke of york in albany who was born in 1763 i guess he when he was six months old his father somehow got him elected as prince bishop um, of some lower uh saxony some place in lower saxony i don't know where that is i've never even heard of saxony i don't know i feel like i don't know i tried looking it up but Uh. again when all these kids were born all the fucking country territories were different. different yeah. Um, we're not going to pretend we know how to pronounce it. We don't know where it is. Anyway, Prince Bishop is essentially a civil ruler of a se- secular city. Um, when they put that on a baby, you know, why they put that on a baby is beyond me, but he later pursued an army career. I don't know why they made him a Prince Bishop at six months old. Like the, I don't understand that. Um, so whatever. He also their second child marries his cousin um her name was prince frederica of prussia um but they separated soon after probably marrying your cousin's not a good idea this is no. what i'm getting from this not don't me. marry your cousin anyway names are literally the same yeah anyway he died at age 64 that's literally all that was that was, that was about him so born <laughs> in 1765 was prince william duke of clarence clarence uh and he was a wild one yeah he had 10 children out of wedlock by his longtime mistress dorothea jordan all his children were given the last name of Fitzclarence, and one of them actually ended up getting one of the royal titles which is it which isn't i thought was interesting because they were bastards so they really yeah. didn't have to give them anything right uh, since his older brother died before he could take the throne, Prince William became King William the Fourth. Yep. In 1813, 1830, yep. uh, where he ruled for seven years until his death at age 72. None of them were really ruling for that long. Mm-hmm. I think the current queen is probably the longest ruling. I think she monarch. is. Yeah. She is, yeah. Um. So their next child was a girl. Her name was Charlotte, named after her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had the title of Prince Royal or Princess Royal. She was born in 1766. So if you're keeping count, Queen Charlotte has been pregnant now every year since 1762. Ridiculous. Ah, uh, that's fucking how, how she's staying alive during all these childbirths is beyond me beyond me and how these babies are coming out uh fairly normal is beyond me they had the top-notch medical care that's what it boils down to so charlotte is their first daughter they love her um and she is the only one who i think doesn't marry a cousin um she marries a duke who later (laughs) she had to marry for political reasons yeah she's like (laughs) you're a woman, you have to make a good match. Yeah. Um, so she ends up marrying some Duke who later becomes a king because he helped Napoleon during the war. Nice. There was a bunch of names. I wasn't about to f- try and pronounce them all. 
mm-hmm. he became her husband became a king um but after her husband died she came back to britain where she died of dropsy um so it was at this point in our research when we had to look up dropsy because everyone in their family was dying from it and we looked it up and basically it's swelling they died from swelling yeah and now it's called uh edema, edema? oh i think it's edema edema it's swelling of the tissue how you edema? die from that edema. edema edema i think i feel like i've heard edema but okay. i don't know i'm not a doctor i don't know you you the, got the degree so i'm a uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go with you <laughs> Um, so then the very next year, she has another son, Prince Edward, um, who is the Duke of Kent. Prince Edward does his duty. He has a longtime mistress, but he, he's like, okay, I'll dump her in order to marry a princess. Because at this point, there's no one to succeed the king uh-huh. or some bullshit um, because his daughter died in childbirth. Um, and none of King Williams can take the throne because all 10 of his kids were illegitimate. So he's like, I'll marry a princess, get rid of my old whore mm-hmm. <laughs> and have a, a, a legitimate child, um, which he does. Have a Fine. kid. Good. Um, now his daughter, Princess mm-hmm. Alain, I do not know how to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so late that I'm like, Ellen. Al- it's not I Alexandria. It's so Alexandrina. 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 Yeah. Alexandria. Alexandrina. Yeah. Alexandrina. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Alexandrina. A lot, a lot of syllables or something, but. Not a lot of letters. Uh, you know. Victoria of Kent. Alexandrina Victoria of Kent uh, would go on to be Queen Victoria in 1837 after the death of her uncle. Yeah. Um, okay. There's another kid. They have a. They have a. They have another daughter, uh-huh. um, Charlotte and the King, uh, Princess Augusta Sophia. She's born two years later. Um, she never marries because her dad was like, "No one's good enough." Okay. So she, I, that's, that's her story. She stayed at the house all day. Um, people thought she was the cutest princess, which is why everyone was trying to marry her apparently. Um, but he said no to everyone and she died alone at age oh. 72. Well, that sucks. Um, next, there was another girl, Princess Elizabeth, um, who was very much like her two eldest brothers. She um, basically was whoring around. She has an illegal marriage where she has two kids um and then her family's like get your life together and then she married a prince a german prince but they didn't have any kids together uh but she ended up marrying a prince nice um prince ernest augustus the they duke- like the name Aga, 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 augustina augustus <laughs> the duke of cumberland would be born in 1771 and his story was also kind of wild. It is rumored that he followed, fa- uh, fathered a child with his sister Sophia, which is weird. Um, <laughs> so whether that is true is not proven, but he did end up marrying a cousin, Shocker. Um, they had a son who would later became later become king of Hanover. 
and I don't know where Hanover is. Sounds familiar. I, I looked it up. The name is familiar. I looked it up, but I, I couldn't place where it was on the map. Okay. <laughs> um, so next up, we have Prince Augustus Frederick, who is the Duke of Sussex. Um, all these titles sound familiar because uh-huh. uh, Harry and Meghan are the Duke and... No, aren't they the Duke and Duchess of Sussex? Or they were before they left? I think it was Sussex. Yeah, whatever. Um, Prince Augustus is born in 1773. Um, he also like most of their other children, married someone he wasn't supposed to marry and <laughs> had some kids, um, but it ended up getting annulled because eventually King George passed a law that basically said royalty can only marry royalty because I'm guessing his kids were cutting up. <laughs> his kids were cutting up. So he was like, I got to pass a whole fucking law. To keep these the- kids in line. Right. Stop having some kids. Just out of control. <laughs> Um, he later married another woman he was legally not allowed to marry. He died 13, like, 13 years later at the age of 70. I feel like they're uh, all living very old. I was very surprised. Yeah. Everybody's over, over 70. I heard I have 15 kids, and I feel like only three of them died young, like before yeah. 30. Um, next sibling. Prince Adolphus. Yep. Uh, Strong Duke name. <laughs> was born in <laughs> 1774, and we have another cousin marriage. Basically, all you need to know is that the eldest royal children, um, basically, all you need to know about them is that they were either marrying their cousins or people below their situation, their station. Um, the only thing we took from this story is that his daughter eventually had a daughter who ended up being the consort of King George the Fifth who was definitely like her great, great uncle. Interesting. That's weird, right? Right. If, okay, their dad is King George III. This man's King George V. Y'all have to be related at this point. And you took her as a consort? Gross. (laughs) Gross. This family is gross. Someone get, Megan, now I see why they left. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, y'all are centuries. Weird. Centuries Um, this. Yeah, well, the current queen's married to her, or was married, he's dead now, was married to her cousin. Oh, yeah. That's Tell it. Um, whatever. Prince Adolphus, uh, he also dies old at age 76. Um, their next kid, Princess Mary, who is the Duchess of Glos- Gloucester. I only know that because of the crown. Oh. Because Charles... I think he has an affair with the Duchess of whoever the Duchess is at that time. I, eh, or maybe, I don't know, whatever. Um, whatever. Right. And Camilla. Yeah. Or no Duchess. Maybe. Maybe he had to go to, remember in his early years, he had to be, he had to go out, get assigned to all these different places. Maybe yeah. Gloucester was one of the places he had to be assigned to. Maybe, because it sounds familiar, and I think it has to do with him, but whatever. He was only with Camilla and Diana. Yeah, you're right. Um, whatever. So Princess Mary, she's the Duchess of this area. Um, she's born in 1776. Wow. Right. We're about to go to fucking war with them. <laughs> so they were, they, the king and queen were essentially like, none of this concerns me. I'm, I'm having, having a good time making my family. <laughs> they wasn't out there fighting. 
they did not give a fuck. They said, we're in this palace having children, okay? Um, Mary, she had a sheltered life and she also married her cousin. This is sick. She also married her cousin, but luckily they had no children. Um, she was the longest surviving of the queen and king's children. She died in 1857 at the age of 81. Okay. She lived the longest. Um, yeah. Probably she didn't have no kids. <laughs> no stress. No uh, Princess Sophia was born in 1777. She didn't do much because she was made to be her mother's companion. So she basically never left the house, which is why I guess the rumors of her having a child with her brother probably sprang up. She died 1848, age of 71, after dealing with blindness and other illnesses for almost 10 years. Uh, we've got two more kids. Yeah. In case you keep in count. Last, second to last was Prince Octavius. Um, he was, oh, sorry, three more kids. Uh, so I'm going to quickly talk about Prince Octavius and Prince Alfred, uh, born in 1979, 19, or 1779 or 1780. They died really young, both before, one of them died at four years old and one of them died at two, and both because they got the smallpox vaccine. So don't vaccinate your kids. Goodness. I'm just kidding. Vaccinate your kids. Or, like, don't, don't spew or don't and keep it away from my kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, those two, they died fairly young, um, which is sad. Uh, and then their final kid, Princess Amelia, was born in 1783. This child is re referenced several times in Bridgerton. Um, King George asks a lot about Emily. That's Amelia. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. She was supposedly his favorite child. She dealt with a lot of poor health issues um, throughout her life. And uh, like it was like tuberculosis and like measles and shit. She ended up dying in 1810 at the age of 27. So she was uh, one of the three kids who died really young. Um, it's said that after her death, the king's mental state declined like more rapidly. Like he became even crazier because of her death. Um, and in case you were keeping count, yes. she basically was pregnant nonstop for 20 years. It's ridiculous. How can you keep burning on them babies? And how can I your body be you, like, okay, another. You'd see me on an episode of Snapped. I would murder my husband. <laughs> That's insane. They must have really loved each other or I don't know. Because. Because he had plenty of air. So I'm like, it's not air, Yeah. Why are you still producing? Right. Especially if the first one was a boy. Perfect. It's too much. Too much. Too many cousin marriages. Too many hanky panky. Yeah. Uh, Megan, Harry, you did what was best for your family. Getting out of that. Getting out of this. Yeah. Because if we pull up the fucking family tree, it's looking real incestuous. <laughs> Disgusting. Okay. Uh, so after that long history lesson, that is our show for the day. Uh, we're so excited to be back in the Bridgerton verse and getting boosted up. Although this week's cocktail, I don't know, maybe someone will like a bourbon and water. It's not for me. I need a little bit more razzle dazzle in my drinks. Yeah. A little boring, but I guess for the derby, you need to be drunk to watch horses run around the track. <laughs> <laughs> maybe people like that. I, I don't seem like I'll be into it. Them bitches is blacked out. <laughs> That's all I can do. Whole life savings on this. Shit. 
So be sure to tune in next Thursday, Thursday for more Bridgerton hot takes and delicious cocktails. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. Remember to subscribe and rate us five stars as we are the true diamonds of the season.